Kicks and Kicks is the only talk show that meets your sneaker and martial arts needs. I'm your host, Jacko, and today I'm here with digital creator and martial arts practitioner, Unlimited Anthony. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, it made me sound professional. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm great, thank you. I'm excited to have you on finally. You've been in my, uh, <laughs> you've been in my sights, you've been in my circle for a long time, so I'm glad to finally be sort of collabing with you and actually sitting down to talk to you today because it's our first time actually, you know, actually having a conversation in it, so it's it's weird it's like meeting your idol isn't it so <laughs> yeah it's proper weird bro i'm used to seeing you on videos and that and like the occasional uh instagram picture and that and that's about it but yeah it's weird yeah, like same. actually seeing seeing you there and whatever you do now i know you sat there doing it, it's, it oh it's i'm weird. gonna blow me on mind <laughs> internet's a weird place in it <laughs> yeah so i thought maybe maybe uh just just to start off with could you give like a breakdown of your content just for those who aren't familiar? So what, who you are and what you're doing, but just stuff like that, if that's all right. Yes. Uh, well, I'm Anthony. Uh, my channel is called Unlimited Anthony. Basically that name comes from, I, I start things and I always then change to do something else. So all, all my life I play football, play football for a bit, got bored, basketball got bored, boxing got bored, MMA got bored, parkour got bored. So I, I was like, I come over a YouTube channel ages ago, probably about 10 years ago played FIFA, got bored, stopped doing that. And then I was just like, I want to make a YouTube channel that I can just do whatever I want. And if I get bored, I can just change. So mm. me and my missus sat there for ages and I was like, I want something with my name. I don't want any numbers in. I don't want like big donkey slong one, two, three, because, <laughs> you, you know, so my missus come up with, why don't you just call it Anthony does everything. And then it just kind of, we come up, what about if we had unlimited Anthony? I can do unlimited things. No matter what I feel like I want to do, I can just do it put it out if people like it they like it if they don't they don't so yeah and my that's where it started and then then it was kind of like what do i want to do with youtube and i enjoy watching syndicates vlogs i'm a big fan of his and i've met him multiple times and i always just thought his content makes me feel good so if i can make someone else feel the way i do when i feel when i feel shit or when i feel down if i can watch his stuff that makes him feel good if i can make someone else even one person if I get one view and that one person feels better off watching it, then that's it for me. Yeah. It's worth but it. Isn't it? You've just yeah, one 100%. person. It's worth it. No, I totally get 100%. it. And it comes across like the way you're saying about unlimited, like trying everything. Cause in like the short amount of time that I've sort of known of you, you've done like reactions, vlogs, unboxing. You've done uh, recently done a VR uh, boxing video where you just throw <laughs> yeah. absolute bricks. That I'm, I'm, whoever you're against that day, I feel bad for him, man. But um, no, you, you're always trying different stuff and, I feel like you're, you know, you're putting a different spin on it. Like with, with the reactions, you get some reaction channels and they just sit there, don't they? And they just don't yeah. say anything. And they just say, oh, that that was a good trailer or just something like that. They just yeah, don't yeah, yeah. say anything. But for you, you're like doing funny edits. You're putting your own <laughs> personality into it. So it's something I really admire about you. Um, and yeah, no, I can definitely see like your content would make people happy and it does make people happy, <laughs> it's clear. So no, definitely, definitely great stuff. So I said about like, you know, you make stuff your own, maybe give this answer as like, as if you're giving advice to someone or maybe advice to someone who's just starting out, you know, what are the key things that you do to make your content stand out? Uh, my, so to make my content stand out the most is I find something I want to do and I find a start, middle and end. So um, for example, if I want to go and or do a takeaway review, rather than just doing it, getting some food, taking it home, uh, not videoing that bit and just getting the food and eating and going, oh, that was good. There's so many people that get that do good food reviews just for an example, and they can sit there, they can tell you what what 
kind of food it is, how many cheeses, if it's a pizza, how many cheeses are on it, what, che- what, what cheeses are on it, what's good to have, what's not good to have. But if you just like food and you don't really know much about it, you just like eating it, you should find the start point. So your start point might be you telling the audience what you're going to do that day. The middle point is your travel to the destination or if you're getting a takeaway, just some form of segment of that takeaway being brought to you, even if you have to set a little bit up yourself. And then the end bit is you reviewing the product, if you will, or just eating the food and seeing what you feel like. You can make anything entertaining, but I yeah. always find if you have a start, middle and end, that's the best way to like to go at it, really. That's the way I find it anyway. So people are different, but I've I used to just do daily vlogs, which was literally film everything of my, of my life. And I eventually it got boring for me because I was like, I was watching my life back and I was doing the same thing every day. Whereas if you set an actual goal, right, I want to do this today. I want to do a handstand today. All mm. right, well, we'll start by telling the audience, that's what I'm going to do. Then I'll practice. So I'll show me practice. Then I'll show the end where I can actually do it. But yeah, that yeah, that's it really. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah, like uh, whenever I click on one of your videos, it's like, it's not, you don't just get what's on the title. I think like, obviously you, you use an example of like a food review of something. Like if you're, um, if you're unboxing something, the title's like unboxing and then I click on it and it's like a whole vlog of like, you, you know, like getting the package, you know, what you're thinking before. And then obviously your thoughts yeah. after as well. So I definitely see like the kind of storytelling element as well. And like you said, you know, some things do need to be set up just to like tell that story as well. Cause you can't, it, not everything can be authentic, you know, we're, yeah. It, it just ha- you have to make it more interesting so <laughs> no i definitely understand that's a good bit of advice as well i like it i like it so um we'll move on so you spoke about how syndicate is sort of like an idol of yours um and I, I, we were talking a little bit before like i think syndicate is probably my earliest memory of watching like a youtuber do you know what i mean like yeah. b- like before yeah, yeah. that i would i would watch like a lego videos or something like that we're talking like years ago like i've watched like lego yeah, yeah, videos or just something like that like i'd watch like a review of a toy or something probably and then i got onto like youtube gaming or just like a gaming tab or something and i saw him playing the uh call of duty zombies and stuff and yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's what really got me into him and then he started doing vlogs as well and i sometimes when i watch your stuff because i can really see like the resemblance just in in your like content (laughs) yeah not copying like (laughs) it's it's your own spin but i can see the resemblance of like your content your mannerisms but also you know you can see the inspiration there and i almost get like nostalgic sometimes when i watch your stuff because it reminds me of old syndicate stuff which is yeah it's something really nice but I did a bit of research uh, on your channel and you have a video where you're actually at a meetup with him and you're doing like a little rap battle in oh front of him. shit so, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow oh yeah I forgot us, about that. yeah tell us a little bit how did that come about i've got no idea i just met him and i was like oh you know what i can i did some oh, i did some impressions that's that was another thing i used to do on youtube i used to do impressions years ago um yeah and i just do like like now just for like just for laughs i'll do like like scouse accents and stuff like that and just like just mess around with it but i used to like take it dead serious i used to I could do like some really good accent, uh, really good impressions that I really can't do anymore. <laughs> so give it, give it one a go. Give one a go. Uh, go the on. only one I can do that I know I can still do is Kermit the Frog. Go on. He's a. Uh, hey there, Miss Piggy. Uh, can <laughs> anybody help me find a childish and jackal? That that's it. That's as good as it gets anymore. That's quite um, good. That's decent. Yeah. That's well, decent. yeah. So I, I'm. Where was I? I was. I finished work. I used to work in Manchester. I lived in. Uh, I lived in Preston. Worked in Manchester. And I, I was leaving work and I just sent a tweet out saying, oh, Manchester meetup. And it was when he was doing his, 
it was going around the UK doing uh, like all the meetups, and the yeah. last one was in Manchester, and I was just leaving work, and it was it was either I had to go home, which is like an hour down the road, or it was a tram into Manchester City Centre, and then however long we were there for. So I just jumped on the tram, City Centre, waited about an, an hour. He turned up, met him, did a few impressions, got a bit of a laugh, and then, yeah, and then some guy was um, beatboxing, and he was like, can you rap with the Kermit the Frog impression? Mm. I was like, I, I, I don't know. I was like, I'll try if you want. And that's, yeah, that's where it come from. It was just, it, yeah, it was just that random as hell. But I thought... Mm. Whilst I was there, I'll leave a little bit of an impression on him. So if I ever come across him again, which I have done multiple times, by the way, yeah. um, straight away, every time I see him now, he recognises me. And he doesn't recognise... I met him in Trafford Centre, and I walked past him, and I just said his name. And he was like, oh, he was like, I know you. And before I even said it, he was like, you come to the Manchester meet doing the impressions. And I was like, that's what I wanted. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's... Yeah, it was just it was just to leave an impression, really. It wasn't anything serious. Yeah, I saw him. He, he was recording. Did you make it into like a vlog or anything? Did you see or not? Uh, I saw him like recording. I don't know. It. You don't know. No. I don't know. I, I didn't look for it. Yeah. No. I tried looking, but obviously it was probably eight years ago. It's a while now, ago. So it's a while ago. Yeah. How many times have you bumped into him? Then that must be lucky. Um, yeah. Bumped into him twice. So uh, out first, the first time I met him was at Insomnia. Yeah, I went to Insomnia. Just I was, um, it was meant to be the, and after about three hours, it was a no show, and I, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go and buy some. I bought that. That's where I bought that poster, and yeah, there's a poster yeah. just outside the other wall. And I was like, I'm just gonna go and buy a poster. I don't think he's turning up, so I'm just gonna go buy one and leave. And literally, as I got to the front, he appeared from the back, and I was like, mm. since he was here, I got him to sign my poster. Just had a quick chat with him, and then uh, the Manchester meetup. I went. I specifically went there to meet him. Um, I bumped into him in the Trafford Centre. Um, and then I went and did a, um, it was like sleep out to help out something like that. It was yeah. like for homeless people. He put it out on his channel. And I was like, you know, what? I don't do anything for charity. I was like, I'll go and do that. And I was like, I'll go and do it. And he will, and he'll probably be there as well. I'll meet him, a bit of a chat with him and we'll do something good for charity. I raised over a hundred pounds for charity. Me, me and my missus went out. It was freezing. It was pouring down. And we just basically sat on the streets all night. Just... Sleeping oh, so you just stay out, you just stay outside, do you? Yeah. All night, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was freezing, but even now with doing that and giving me that experience, yeah, it was there, and I had a quick chat with him. We didn't, um, wasn't like we. I went there specifically to meet him, then go home. A lot of people, to be fair, a lot of people did do that, and really? it, I was like, yeah, a lot of people was like turning up for like the hour, and as soon as it started raining, everyone was like, I was going home, and they was went up, they went on. But me and my missus stayed out all night. Um, it was good for charity as well. And no matter whether he's there or not going forward, I'll always do that every year. I can do it now. Oh, really? It's good for charity. Yeah. yeah. You've done it multiple it's, times then? I've done it. I've done it the once. And then we got put in the lockdown when I wanted to do it again. Oh, yeah. So I'm hoping this year I can go and do it. So this will be, this technically would have been the third time it's coming to do it. My missus is not keen, but at 100%, <laughs> I'll go out and do it. She's, is she it, staying at home then? Is she, she's not coming with you next time, no? Or are you going to make her go? She says she's not coming, but then it'll come to it, and she'll be like, "Oh, I'll I'll come now." And then three hours in, she'll be like, "Why have I done this? Why mm. have I done this?" But just get a hey, guilt guilt trip her, and then once she's there, she, she doesn't have a choice, does she? So that, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. If I drive, she can't go home. Yeah. So, but it's good as well. So I know I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but it's good. no, no, carry on. Uh, yeah. It it hum like it humbles you as well. You think like every night I get into a, a big warm double bed. If I want to turn the heat and I'll turn the heat, and if I'm too hot, I'll just open the window. If I want to go and get a drink, get a, like I, everything is literally 
I can just reach everything I want. Yeah. But some people just don't, don't have a choice. If it's pissing it down that night, it's tough. They're getting wet. If it's boiling and they've no drink, it's tough. They're dehydrating or you're going to go and drink out of, a, out of a fountain. So it just gives you that that realisation that like, be grateful for what you've got as well. Like Some people work at Mackey's and they're like, oh, well, I only get paid like £7.50 an hour. But mm. at the end of the month, you still come out with more money than someone sat on the street. And someone sat on the street might not physically be able to get a job, not because yeah. they're lazy or they're on drugs. It's people come out of the army. The amount of soldiers that end up on the street is a joke. So, yeah, mm. anyone that can do anything for charity like that, I would urge you to do so because it humbles you. It makes you realise what you've got. And even if you think it's only minimal what you've got, it's still a lot more than most people have still. No, definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, you think of just like other countries as well. Like we, we take it for granted that we, you know, we can just go outside of our house and just walk around on the street. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's that's just not the case for other places in the world or even, you know, in this country. You know, at least we have the choice to go out and do what we want. Do you know what I mean? So, no, so it's definitely f- great. Yeah, we have a lot of freedom that a lot of countries and a lot of people don't have, and there's a lot of people that are feel like they have more rights than other people, which is wrong. Um, mm. People will walk into... Uh, the amount of it, you'll see it on YouTube enough times if you just type it in. Like The amount of soldiers that go into like a McDonald's and be like, can I use my uh, military discount? And someone will start hurling abuse at him, asking them why they, what, why should they be able to use their discount. I'm like, well, they're going out to war every day while you can sit on your ass in your office, typing away on your computer and drinking your Starbucks. Mm. So it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and I mean, obviously, like, people who do those kind of jobs, like, it's nothing against them, but at least respect, like, the people that are going out to those dangerous places, do you know what I mean? Like, exactly, yeah. it's not for everyone, but you've got to respect, if, if you cho- choose not to take that path, then you've got to at least respect the people that do. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, yeah, so I, I, d- I didn't actually know that about the sleeping out to help out stuff. I didn't know that you did that, so that's cool. Have you, you should, like, vlog it or something as well. That would be, that would be a cool... Have you yeah, done that before? So, did you do it before? I, this I did it. That was before I started vlogging. So oh, okay. Uh, basically, I, I wanted to start vlogging like for for ages, and I just didn't get around to doing it. And then it was after one Christmas. I just felt I felt like probably like a lot of people. I just felt depressed and down. It was like I was in a job I didn't want to be in. I was doing like I was just eating crap. I wasn't I wasn't playing football anymore. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't doing anything that I was actually happy doing. Um, mm. and things that I wanted to do I just didn't have the motivation to do and again it'll come back to syndicate but he posted a video on his channel it was I think it was 10 tips on how to become a YouTuber or like start a YouTube channel I literally yeah. sat there and I I've, I must have watched that 10 or 15 times just kept watching it on repeat on repeat on repeat on repeat what does he say what does he do what does it... and then and the main thing he took was the main thing he said that I took away from it is you don't need all this fancy equipment. You don't need Canon cameras and you don't need multiple lenses and lighting. He said, if you've got a form of a camera, start there. And so that's exactly what I did. The next, the, the day after I watched that video, that's when my first video, my first vlog got posted and it was terrible. It was on a terrible camera, but I just got it done because that's what he told. He just said, just get it done. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's where that stemmed. No. Uh, yeah. I think people overestimate like how much you need a camera. Do you know what I mean? Like, but we're, we're walking around with a HD camera in our pockets, most of us anyway, yeah. do you know what I mean? On, on our phone. So it's just like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's my, that's my, I've got four cameras and this yeah. is what I vlog on every, every video pretty much I film. This is on this, 
my webcam that I'm using now is not even half as good as my phone. So people walk around going, I want to start a YouTube channel with an iPhone set in the pocket. That's a Samsung and an iPhone camera is so much better. Mm. But people sat there going, oh, I need a Canon camera when I've got an iPhone 10 set in my pocket. I'm like, no, you don't. You need that phone. Yeah, I feel like most of those people that are making those excuses, though, I feel like it's just a, like a front. Like, I feel like it's just because of like, insecurity and stuff. They don't want to start it. So that like, oh, I need to wait till I get a yeah, camera. Like, yeah, I've yeah. known people in the past who like, you know, they, they say they want to do stuff. Like they say they want to be a vlogger, but it's about the execution. Do you know what I mean? So, and yeah. I think like people hold themselves back and they use equipment as an excuse but you like like we just said you, you don't need like really amazing equipment as long as like the actual content is like worthwhile you don't need yeah. you don't need like expensive stuff so i, I totally agree with you mate you, the, the the stuff that you like you literally need the bare basics. If you need to pirate download the software, like I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. go and do it, but I mean, if you are in that day in need, yeah, I've only just bought my own software, so and I'm not saying I had, I had <laughs> pirate software, but well, there I've are loads of free purchased. ones as well. There, are, there are loads yeah. of free editors and stuff that do that, that are great. Like my my one that I've got now is completely free. I don't, I haven't, yeah. I haven't bought or pirated the one. It's just something you can download and my my computer that i use is terrible like it takes so long but yeah, yeah. you know it's just the grind you know you just you just gotta do it <laughs> it's gonna get it done and a lot of people yeah. will be like oh well i know i need to yeah i know yeah yeah mm-hmm. we could go around these circles on this right forever <laughs> but yeah yeah um so obviously we spoke about you meeting syndicate but uh when i was checking back on your <laughs> i was checking back <laughs> oh, on some of your videos found. i found your collab with calyx Collab with Calyx oh, out, out in public. Shit. Do you not remember that? You're playing, like, oh, a little, you're playing like a little back and forth word game. Shit, the bed. What? I can't. I forgot. I know what that is. Is that still live on my channel? Yeah. Shit. Am I that's supposed old. to? <laughs> am I not supposed no, to no, be no, I mean, no, no, you can talk about it. That's fine. I, just didn't re- I thought I privated that, but I must have been private at some point. Um, yeah, that was back in my FIFA, FIFA Call of Duty gaming days. That, mm. and I was, like I said, I worked in Manchester. I worked it in before I had the job working in Trafford. I worked in Manchester Arndale. I worked at the Crocs store. So they know the oh, shoes, wow. the, the yeah. dead shoes. Yeah, I worked yeah. in that. I worked nice. in there. And he announced they were doing a meetup, and I was like, I had literally worked down the road. So if I just turned up an hour before my shift, and I just kept bobbing my head around, and then I met him, and I had a little camera somewhere. And, it's so what talking about cameras this yeah. is what i filmed it on and it's terrible but i was like i'm never going to get this chance again i've never i've never met him since i probably i don't know if i ever will meet him again but i was like mm. you know what? i'm going to take my chance do a little bit of a video even if it's terrible i've just get it put it on my channel i've got it there it's a memory then and yeah we played a little word association game and i was you can probably tell by my face i was absolutely shitting myself yeah no you, <laughs> the nerves definitely coming across in that video yeah no yeah nah yeah, no, I, I was surprised because it's quite a long, like like you were with him for like 10, like five, 10 minutes. So what, he was just chilling there for a long time or did not a lot, well, were there not a lot of people there or what? He arranged a meetup and then the Arndale Centre like pretty much shut it down, said, no, you're not allowed to do it. So he tweeted out saying, oh, the, the meetup's cancelled. I will not be in the Manchester Arndale at 2pm. So it was like, that's where he's going to be. So I just yeah. kind of just... I popped my head out. Uh, I was in work, just popped my head out. Sitting, I was like, just grabbed my camera and shot down. But yeah, there was 
there was enough people there. There was probably, I'd say, still about 100 people. And oh, it, wow. like I was just chatting. Before I put the camera on as well, I was just chatting away to him, just telling him like, how much I liked his videos and all that. There was It was with, um, do you know uh, Chip, the burnt chip? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It? it was yeah. with him as well. And there was someone else, there was someone else there that was a YouTuber, and I can't remember his name, uh, but he was there as well. There was two of them. It was actually Chip that filmed the video. Yeah, um, I was I was thinking that I was like, well, who who did he who yeah who was the photographer? But I guess yeah, his name. Well, there was yeah. there was all yeah there was all dead nice. Like I was just chatting away to him, and I was like, I you, I don't know if you're gonna say yeah, but I've got my camera, and I'd love to do something for support my YouTube channel. And just before I even finished my sentence, you're like, yeah, get your camera out, no problem. And it was like, even afterwards, we didn't just finish it, and he was like, right, get away. It was, we stood there chatting for another five minutes, just about YouTube and just about life and stuff like that, and it was just proper proper genuine and mm. people can say what they want about specifically Calux if they want to like slate him or anything like that my personal experience with him he was like top he was yeah yeah he's top top guy and yeah I think he comes a across lot of, as a nice guy yeah yeah and he just he, he just had nothing but time and that's time's probably the most important thing you can give you can give someone a tenner you can give someone a drink or something like that something materialistic but time you can't you can't get back time so mm. no yeah that, I, I was definitely like obviously he's a nice guy but I was surprised about how how long he spent sort of talking to you and stuff so he must have been there <laughs> quite a while to get around everyone but no it's good it's good to like and I think that's one thing about vlogging as well it's good to have like those memories even if you find them like a bit embarrassing and stuff or whatever I think that's something that's it's not really spoken about enough it's like vlogging isn't just for like getting famous or like you know showing it to other people but we're living in a world now where like your kids and grandkids are going to have like a day-by-day diary of like thought your thoughts your life like in this time period and that's not a thing that think about it like your great grandparents and grandparents like how much that would have helped you if you knew like oh my granddad was not so different to me yeah yeah. back in the day do you know what i mean so it's 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 almost like a it's it's a privilege that we've got now that we there's no been no time in like human existence where we've been able to do this which i think is is something that's not spoke about enough because even think about it now like imagine if like bruce lee was a vlogger oh it's imagine that dog, or like michael jackson on bruce lee. imagine michael jackson was a vlogger how yeah, exactly like, yeah. how incredible would those vlogs be like to watch people would watch them all the time yeah and then think like if you're great granddad was a vlogger or something you'd know so much more about him that you don't now so i I think i think i personally think everyone should be creating content just for that reason just because it it captures you know for you it captured when you met calyx which whether i mean judging by your your reaction you might not want to remember it but (laughs) you remember it now after i've mentioned it so yeah Yeah, it's for for me i started it um not for the fact of I don't, I don't specifically, if, if my channel blew up and I got 10,000 or whatever many thousand people, however many people watching, do, would I want to do this for a job? I don't, I'm not specifically set out to go and do this for a job. I've not gone, right, I tell you what, I'm going to invest a thousand pound into all this equipment and all this stuff to get that thousand pound back. Anything I put into doing this is because I want to do it. And yeah. a lot of people start YouTube for that for the wrong reason. They started got I want to make some money because I've seen KSI buy a Lamborghini or I've seen a Mr. Beast giveaway 
hundred thousand pound or like that's why people want to start it because the 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 it seems like an easy job, which I'm guessing it's a lot easier than most jobs, but there is that element that you still gotta to want to do it. If you you can get your dream job, if you mm. don't like it, as if you get your if your dream job's to be an astronaut and you and you things to get on the moon and you get on the moon and you don't really like it, well, it's not your dream. It's like you're not gonna enjoy doing it, whether it's your dream job or not. So people go, I wanna be a YouTuber. And then they start becoming this YouTuber or get 10,000 people and they go, actually, it's not as, it's not what I thought it was going to be. So I'm just going to bin it off and then find something else. You're just wasting your time and wasting potentially other people's time and potentially someone else's opportunity. Hmm. But some, you might get a shout out that's worth you 100,000 subscribers and then bin it off after two, another two months, whereas someone else might have 100 subscribers but have been doing it for eight years and they've just not had been lucky. People have just not come across the channel. Hmm. Well, yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And uh, I think I, I've come across a lot of people who, you know, they they do it that you can tell they're just doing it for the numbers or for the money or whatever. Yeah. And it, it comes across. But also the thing that they don't they don't realize is the job doesn't change when more people come. Do you know what I mean? Like when you yeah. make a vlog, your vlog is the same no matter if a hundred people watch, a thousand people watch, or zero people watch. Like it is the the job doesn't change no matter how far far along you get. So if you don't like it when you're when you when no one's watching, then you're not gonna like it right at the top, are yeah, you? Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people people think, oh, I'm just you know, I'm just grinding, I don't I don't enjoy it, I don't care about it, but I'm just trying to get up to where everyone else, you know, all the famous people are at. But they're doing it's just the same job when you get to the top basically which a lot of people don't don't really appreciate yeah so uh they just want they just want to get the money and meet the people essentially a lot of people start youtube so they can meet the people they watch and work with the people they watch but if you think about it if you start playing football if i start playing football now because my dream is to play up front with harry kane by the time i reach playing for england he's going to be gone People don't think of it like that. People think if I start YouTube now, I'm gonna I'm gonna be working with KSI within a year, and then within a year they've got 200 subscribers, and they're wondering why they're not working with KSI. And then they go, "I'll tell you what, what a waste of time that was, Bennett." And yeah, really, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be about that. It should be about right. I've done a year. I've got 200 from nothing. So literally, I always say it. If you picture 200 people stood in a queue, would you go and queue for some? Chances are, unless you're a sneakerhead or something like that, like yourself, you're not going to queue. If you went to Argos. And there was a queue of, I've got now 216 subscribers. If there was a queue of 216 subscribers, I'm not waiting, no matter what. That's a lot of people. People mm. go, it's, oh, it's only 216. I want 10 million. Like, 216 is a lot. It is a lot, a lot of people. Of people. You'd, be, you'd be nervous. If you were in a room of 216 people, you'd be nervous to talk to them. Do you know what I mean? You'd be nervous exactly. to stand up yeah. like anyone would. So shall we move on? Because I wanted to talk to you about because i know you mentioned before on instagram that you've had some uh, experience with mma um so yeah maybe just talk us through like did you start with mma or did you start with i know you mentioned earlier you started with boxing so where where did you sort of get into the whole like fighting scene uh right so as a i was a naughty kid at school primary school i was a naughty kid just like i was always climbing i do stupid stuff like just mainly do it for a laugh but then it got to a point where i was just doing it for the sake of doing it so i'd like jump over railings and one one is the one that always gets brought up at like christmas dinners and stuff i jumped over a railing and just led in the middle of a road and i have no idea why i can't tell you why yeah it just happened i was only about seven 
just scaled the railing up, letting me look roll, like weird, just weird stuff. But then it'd be like jump out the railing into into like the, the park behind me, then I'd run through the park. And that then becoming to like I'd fight, I would have little fights with people. And I, then when I got to high school, I quietened right down, I think because it was the environment was a lot bigger. Like where mm. I went to primary school, it was tiny. I knew everyone, everyone was from my estate. And then I got sent off to a school that was like 10 miles away from my house. And it was in a village. It's now a town, but it was a village at the time. I didn't know anyone apart from the one person that got sent with me. Um, and then I ended up having a fight with a lad um, in my second year of high school. I'd never had a proper fight. And I had a fight with this, this lad that was in my year. I was terrified of him. I thought, I thought he was going to kill me. And after that fight, I thought, I really need to learn how to look after myself properly. I didn't, I wouldn't, if you had to pick a winner and a loser of, of that fight, I definitely didn't lose. I would yeah. say the other guy lost massively, but I realized after that fight that I could have easily been the other guy. Yeah. He just couldn't, he, he was just a worse fighter than me, if you will. And I'd so never he was, had a he was like bigger than you. He was like bigger than you, but like not, not better fighter. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So yeah. like, I just, I just threw punches and hoped for the best. I could not fight to save my life. It was probably something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then when I got home, I was like, I need to do something. I need to do something. And my mum would never let me go to a boxing club or anything like that. Just I don't know why she didn't have a reason for it. And then one of my friends popped up and his cousin was a pro boxer at the time. And he was like, oh, my cousin's taking me down to boxing gym. Do you want to come? So mm. I was shouted upstairs. My mum was like, mum, can I go? It's like, a, like 50p at the time to go for like an hour and a half training session. Really? She was like, yeah, go on. Yeah, it was uh, only... it was a. Uh, it was like an amateur boxing club, but because we were kids, it was like an hour and a half, fifty p. It was um oh wow, all all government funded and everything like that because it was um an amateur, full proper amateur boxing club. Yeah. So I went there, yeah, um, and because I'd watched, I'd religiously watched uh, boxing, like when I was a kid, I just loved boxing. I loved Bruce Lee. I had all the Bruce Lee collection videos, all that. So I already I knew how to throw punch throw punches, so I could do your basic one two. So when yeah. I got to boxing, I wasn't. I wasn't instantly at the bottom. I, I started, I went into the boxing gym and the first time I sparred, I got absolutely filled in by a lad that was a year younger than me. It was called Francie, uh, an Irish lad. He was a year younger than me and he was built like an absolute shit house. And he just, he, like, he, I thought we were going to, I genuinely thought that this is You're where I could actually yeah. die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he hammered me so much. My mm. head has never snapped back so much in my life. And I went well, on, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going back there. Yeah, I mean, at least you got to experience that in like a controlled setting, like in the boxing gym, do you know what I mean? Because it, if, if he laid into you that hard, if you saw him out on the street and like pissed him off or something, like yeah. it would have been a different story. So I think uh, that, that's one reason why I think a lot of people should go to, you know, martial arts and boxing and stuff is because I think everyone needs to understand what level they're at. There are people that are like untrained that walk around as if they could like mess anyone up, which yeah. I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying walk around and like, you know, feed your ego and think like, Oh, I could fight him. I could fight him or something. But a lot of people don't understand how vulnerable they really are. And I think once you go in there, obviously for you, that was that experience where you were, you know, you're getting whacked by that guy. Then you really understand like where you stand in like the pecking order and you know could you actually could you realistically defend yourself and then i think that that pushes more people towards you know actually wanting to train yourself up like obviously you had the fight um in in the school and then yeah and i think i, I think a lot of fights stem from from fear as well 
yeah. I think like if you weren't intimidated by that bigger guy, you probably wouldn't have fought him, right? Like if he yeah. was just if he was just like a little kid that you just didn't really care about, he was like a few years younger or something, or just like a tiny little guy, you probably wouldn't have cared. But it was probably exactly. like uh, you you could probably admit like it's a bit of ego probably and a bit of fear like oh this guy's bigger <laughs> than me I need to show that like I'm I can beat him and then I think I feel when you go into boxing and to taekwondo and martial arts and stuff you you kind of learn to leave that alone because muscle and size don't win fights I think you know, <laughs> yeah it's, it's just a fact like and people who think that are, are the ones that are untra- who are untrained and and the big guys who aren't trained are the ones that think that have false confidence do you know what i mean like like what i was talking about who you know they feel like they can beat anyone but go ahead carry on so how old are you when you um you got into the boxing gym then how old was that roughly four i was four just turned 14 uh yeah just turned 14 the guy that filled me in the first time was 13 um mm-hmm. yeah and i i done that and i was like oh, i'm not going back I'm not going. and then the week after i was weirdly enough I didn't say I wanted to go back. I was in my head. I was like, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. And then the week after, I completely forgot about it. I was like, oh, I want to go back to, I've been watching boxing again. So it kind of got me like, like pumped for it again. So I was like, I want to go back and try it again. And then after that, I didn't spar for about three or four months. That was my first time ever going when I sparred, by the way. It wasn't, yeah. I'd never, it was just kind of like, the guy asked me, do I want to spar? And I was too scared to say no, because it was him and his friends and it was just me. So the court's yeah. like head guarding me, gloves on. But then I didn't spar for about three months. I just learned how to box and I was there for about two years, trained five days, five days a week for about two years. And I loved it. And it was mm. just, I fell out of love with it. Just, I got bored of punching, punching the same bags and hitting the mm. same pads and sparring the same people. And I don't know why I didn't, I don't know why I didn't fight. I was, I was a decent boxer. Um, but yeah, I don't, I had my boxing card, everything like that. So I could have fought amateur boxing, but I, they just didn't put me in for a fight for whatever reason. They must have had their their reasons for it, whether I was not I weren't good enough or anything like that. But I would spot British um like British amateur champions and stuff like that. And I and I would oh, give wow. them a good spar as well. Um oh, fair so, enough. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a case of I was really bad at boxing. I was I thought I was decent. Yeah. I, just, I just don't know why I didn't get put into fight. And after about two years, I think because I did because they didn't put me in for a fight, I was just like, oh, you know, what am I doing this for? I'm just kind of going training hmm. for fitness now. Yeah, you didn't really have anything just, to like work towards almost. That's probably the reason. Yeah. 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 So I just ended up quitting and then I stopped boxing and just didn't do anything for a couple of years. Okay. And then did so you didn't do anything for a couple of years. And then did you take up MMA after that? Was that after that two year like kind of break? You were like, come on, I'm you have all this like anger and testosterone built up. You probably wanted to get back into the gym. So did you is that why why did you go back to MMA? So I watched. Uh, have you watched a film called Never Back Down? I haven't actually. No. Who's it's, it got it's in it? It's. Uh, I don't know any of the actors. It's like a. It's, it's, it's not, an American. It's, it's not it's an American well film. Known. It's a. Okay. Um, it's um, about basically a kid, a, a lad that can fight. He plays American football and he goes to this new school and there's this martial arts lad there and he just beats on him so he learns MMA. So I watched this film with my friend and I was like, oh, like I didn't know anything about UFC. My brother watched it. I didn't watch it. Um, so I told my brother about this film. He's like, "Oh, he's like UFC." So he showed me Anderson Silva. Um, mm. We watched Anderson Silva. I think it was Anderson Silva, Rich Franklin fight. Yeah, and I was like, I need to like go and do something like this. Where's the gym? Like, and then when I started, there was no gyms. There was just one place that I knew. So I turned up there, and at this point, I smoked. Tw- I used to smoke twenty a day. 
Oh, I really? To, yeah, yeah, I used to go out drinking with my friends, so I was unfit. Like, I'd gone from boxing, being really fit, really in shape to probably over... I was probably about 95 kilos-ish. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, and I was I was about 70. So I've gone from 70 to about 95, smoking like a chimney. Um, and then I just turned up at this MMA gym, and I was, I was like, oh, can I watch this session? And the, the, this big guy called Andy come up to me, and he was the strength and conditioning coach, and he was like, just a... He's just a meathead. He's yeah. not. He's he's not a he's he's not a really a powerlifter. He's not. He doesn't take steroids. He's just. Do you know one of them people? It's naturally. He does road works for a living, so he just digs holes. But yeah, he probably a, dig a hole quicker than your digger can do it. Like he's just a big yeah, guy. just a big machine. Yeah, yeah. And no, he you, came up yeah. to me and he was like, "What do you want to do?" I was like, "I just want to watch and I'll come back next week." And he was like, "I had my, I had a, a tracksuit, a black tracksuit on. And it was in the middle of summer. And he was like, "No, I jump in and start." And I was like, "No, no, it's fine. I'll just come back next week." And he was like, "No." jump in and start and that was it then i did that first session and then i went that was on a tuesday i went back on the thursday and i paid my it was 30 it still is 30 pounds for a month and you can go seven days a week sometimes oh, wow. they train twice a day so oh, I, nice. I just started going every single day without fail i'd just be out of the class constantly i stopped smoking i stopped going out with my friends drinking and i was like right this this mma thing like i, I really enjoy it it's not just boxing I was learning how to wrestle. I was learning jujitsu. I was learning judo. Like all, all different. It was different things every day. So exactly what my YouTube channel is like. Yeah. I wasn't just stuck and rooted to one thing. I was doing just multiple things. I was, and then I was probably about nineteen at the time. So it's probably about four years rest I took. So then I probably did that for like six, six years MMA, competing in jujitsu, competing in MMA, competing in wrestling, competing in boxing. I had boxing matches uh, out of the MMA gym. So yeah, it, it was a good time. Oh, that's great. Do you think your boxing experience like helped you before, or did you sort of forget it all? Uh, I, I forgot. I knew the basics. Yeah. But when you try, if you, if you just know boxing and you go into an MMA gym and you try to just box, you quickly learn that you that it's not going to happen. I yeah. threw a jab, and this the lad that I was training with was say I was five seven at the time. This mm. kid was about five foot and probably about eight seven stone little mm. skinny scrawny kid i throw a jab at him and i burn him out and like 95 kilos 19 year old about five seven five eight maybe somewhere around there and i threw a jab at him his leg kicked me took me down and before i knew it he's got me in a triangle i didn't even know what a triangle was and before i knew it yeah. i'm just choking and he let go and he's like oh yeah if someone gets you in that you need to tap i was like right noted and then that's a great, yeah, that, that is a great feeling though, when you just, you get destroyed and then you're just like, wow, there's so much to learn. I'm sure yeah. like, obviously with your like unlimited part of unlimited Anthony, like wanting to do so much at once, like it must've been good to transition from boxing where it's just like jab, hook, jab, hook, uppercut yeah, yeah. and stuff. And then you come into MMA and it's like you said, something different every single day. So how, how was it? So it, was it literally something different every day or did you have, were there different trainers that came in like a striking coach and a grappling coach or there, was it just sort of like what, what, whoever, the, whatever the guy thought of on the day, how did it? So oh, it, it was structured, but there was one head coach is called Steen Nightingale. Yeah. Um, and he, he started the gym. It basically, he just took up, uh, he, like, I'll go back to the beginning. He started from rugby and they took him to a wrestling class to bring on the tackling so they could learn how to tackle better through using freestyle wrestling. And then he started wrestling from there. Then he started, um, he got invited down to a um, carbon, you know, Darren Till that's at UFC. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gym that he trains at, he got invited to go and train down there, and then he picked up MMA through there, and then oh, right. eventually started his own gym up in Preston, which, um, which, which pro- propelled it really. So he, he, whatever he took from Carbon in Liverpool from all these world class trainers, he then brought to us. So like Monday night might be striking, Tuesday night might be just solely fitness, then sparring. Wednesday night was wrestling. So it was just different thing every day. So no one got bored. I think that I've, I'm guessing it was so no one got bored. Um, yeah. Because if you just do it, like I say, if you're just repetitively doing the same thing for weeks on end, it's not long before people don't pay the memberships and don't come back. No, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. No, because I've got a couple mates who are in some MMA gyms. I, admittedly, they've only been there like a short amount of time, but it seems like they focus mostly on striking i don't know i know there's a few people in the ufc as well who like their coaches mostly focus on striking and you know they their their weakness is grappling you know so yeah i think it obviously obviously you had like a good well-rounded coach and you're at a good gym obviously but i feel like there are some places that just don't have that like kind of balance right do you know what i'm saying so and it's interesting that you you prefer the uh you prefer like learning a lot at once because I feel like I'm glad I got to learn Taekwondo. Like I got to learn one discipline first. Do you know what I mean? I feel like yeah. it'd be a lot of information to take in all at once. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, did you ever struggle like with getting mixed up between uh, different techniques and stuff? Or was it all just like integrated into just what works from each martial art? Yeah. So it's different for everyone because I like a lot of people do prefer just to have like just if they're doing jujitsu just to do jujitsu, uh, yeah. or if they're just doing boxing, just do boxing. But I, yeah, for me personally, I, it made it it made wrestling made my jujitsu easier because I would be I would do a class of jujitsu, maybe get tapped out twenty times, then I would be wrestling, and when I'd be on top, I'd start figuring out the positions I get tapped out in in jujitsu. Which, mm. just weirdly enough, it I would just be wrestling, and I'd be like, "Oh, this is where I got tapped out the other day." And then I'd be thinking subconsciously thinking about it. So the next jujitsu class I went into, I'd be like, "Right, don't put my head down. I don't put my hand there." When I was wrestling, I did this to keep them. I kept my hips low. Um, so for me, it worked better because whilst I was doing the other martial arts, so whilst I was just boxing, I was thinking about when, when I can land the kicks for kickboxing, when mm. I can shoot the takedowns for wrestling. So I prefer it because that. I was thinking about different martial arts whilst I was doing something else, which I know a lot of people probably don't do that. And it, I don't advise doing it. Um, yeah. I'd probably advise doing learning one thing. It just worked for me and it kept my mind ticking over. No, that that's good. I, well, it, it must be useful to have that kind of ability to do that. Cause that, that's not me. Like I played rugby for like five or six years like while I was at school and then even joining jujitsu. Now I've been caught out so many times because where I've you, you know in rugby when you tackle someone you kind of dig a shoulder and your head goes to like the side I've yeah. been caught out so many times get just getting to easy, <laughs> people getting me in easy headlocks like the first few weeks I was there just because I was so used to just getting my head just completely exposing my head because yeah, obviously yeah. in rugby I'm not used to people getting me in headlocks I'm used to just driving with my shoulders yeah. so yeah and you know it's just different and Obviously, I, I can't speak for all martial arts and I, I, I haven't trained in an MMA gym. I've just done Taekwondo for about six years and then Jiu-Jitsu for like six months or so. Um, but there are 
there are definitely similarities. I, I see what you mean, like how how the the wrestling helped the jujitsu, and how you know you get into a position in wrestling that would you know make you remind you of jujitsu because um, it, it, it in jujitsu how it's um, scored. You know, you know, you get different points if you like sweep someone. You get in, you get yeah. into like uh, different positions and stuff. They're they're each scored um, based on how effective they are for striking is that something that's familiar for you so like say uh like a um being in mount is like scored quite highly because you can land blows from that position but it's yeah. it, it scored highly within jiu-jitsu which is a non-striking sport so there there is definitely like overlap there especially for jiu-jitsu as well of like um they're obviously thinking about getting you in those positions. Even for me, like I don't do striking when I'm doing jujitsu, but there's the incentive to get into those positions that are good for striking. So I guess it all does kind of link together. And um, in my taekwondo, I've had like times where we've learned like some takedowns and stuff just for self-defense. Um, and, you know, I think British taekwondo are really trying to integrate different things like that because taekwondo gets a bad rap. Like, unless you're really effective at like long range kicks, you know, your distance. Well, it's not going to be useful like in a street fight, realistically, like um, the fitness aspect and like the, um, the confidence, like you'll learn how to throw a basic punch. You'll learn how to throw some, some kicks and stuff and you'll have your fitness will improve. But in terms of like doing an ax kick or like a spinning, like hook kick or something, it's not very effective in, in, in a real life situation or even in MMA yeah. obviously you have like um people in UFC who you know can pull stuff like that off but it's just not for the everyday person it's not effective to learn taekwondo so they they are they have added things in like for our gradings now we're doing um knife defense so we have like a wooden knife and you have to like block the wooden knife and grab it and stuff um yeah. and there's some other other techniques like a self defense so like you'll get grabbed and then you have to you know, arm lock them out and flip them onto the ground and stuff. So there, there definitely are some, even even taekwondo and jujitsu who are, are, which I would say are very much opposite martial arts. There are some um, similarities that are like getting added into into them, which I I, I find very interesting. But um, it's all it's all yeah. self defense. It's all part of it. Like jujitsu, it gets you like you say you get you get points scored for striking like you've thought of quite highly because if you go into a street situation and you start pulling guard, but you're not pulling the head down and trapping their arm in a street mm. fight, you just pull guard. Someone's just going to drill you straight in your mouth for a punch. But yeah. if you're pulling the back of the head and you've got their arm tucked and you start, even in the street fight, you start popping If you pop a triangle on someone, whether they can try and pick you up or not, if you get a triangle on someone in any form of street environment, they're going to sleep three seconds and it's tapping's not a thing. It's a yeah. case of I'm putting you to sleep because if I don't put you to sleep, you're going to keep trying to punch me. You've got to neutralize but, the threat in it. So, no. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I th yeah. Because uh, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because obviously they, they originated from like self defense techniques anyway, like real world fighting. So, it makes sense why jujitsu would reward you to get into these like striking positions. But I just find it interesting how it's like even integrated into the sport where it's like, you score points in modern jiu-jitsu for getting into these striking positions where you're not technically allowed to strike. Um, but I, I I put someone to sleep for the first time the other day in jiu-jitsu, um, which is, it's not a nice feeling, you know? I mean... Yeah, I found it weird. I found yeah. it really weird. I've only ever done it once, it, and it's weird. Yeah, I um, we were... I, I got him into a triangle, 
And he was just my mate. Like, we were just playing around. I got him into a triangle um, and it was a good one. I can feel, you, you know, when you can feel <laughs> it, it's a good, you can feel, you know, Everything's the stars align. Right. It's all locked up right. I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> and I started squeezing and I, I could see his, it was a triangle uh, from the bottom. So I, 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 could, I could see his face. And yeah. uh, I, I said, uh, I was pulling and I said to him, are you going to tap? I said to him, are you going to tap? And he was like, nah. And then as soon yes. as he said no, he just did that and uh, he was yeah. just out and I was just like, oh my God. So I started getting him and I, I don't, I'm not like, um, I'm not first aid trained. I, I didn't know what to do. So I was just like slapping him like, oh, wake up, wake up, wake up. And then he come, he come through <laughs> at the end. Um, but it, it's not a nice, it's not a nice feeling. Yeah. I, I remember people at my school, they were, um, they used to just like strang like they used to just like rear choke each other and just pass out for no reason it's not a nice feeling yeah now. you're losing brain cells now yeah Nobody wants to do that. you've got like a limited amount of time you've got a limited amount of like lives you know what i mean like you can't be doing that all the time <laughs> yeah. especially on purpose as well but yeah. he was all right but i was so because like I, I hadn't knocked anyone out from like a choke before so i was so like excited and i was like yo like I, this like i just um you know he, he just passed out i was like telling the guys next to us and stuff and then i thought like oh man I, I might be like he might think I'm like taking the mick out of him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I quieted I it down uh, for a little bit. Did you, what What was yours like when you first like knocked someone out? In, uh, in jiu-jitsu. From in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, it was weird. Um, it's only ever happened once because I, I would, I'd always let go. If I feel like someone's ego, trying to ego out of it like just like oh, i'm going to sleep i'll let go before i know they're going to go to sleep and just try something else well that's why i tried because i said to him are you are you going to tap because i thought like this is tight you need to like you need to chill let's let's like just tap it like i was just like you're not going to get out just tap and he didn't tap, do it yeah, yeah I, I i didn't want to do it so yeah so but, you normally let go yeah obviously before yeah so uh the the big fitness guy i was talking about before he was like just drill triangles on me so I was just drilling triangles on him and he was like, right, now I want you to squeeze until I tell you to like until I tap. So I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was did it a few times he tapped and then I just popped a triangle on him. And by the time I I popped the triangle on, locked it up my legs. And by the time I cleared his arm from there to across him, he was asleep. I was like waiting for him to tap. I was like, his arm's dead. So I just let go and he just his head fell on me. And as his head fell on me, I thought, shit, because he's a big guy as well. I yeah. thought, I'm he's gonna go mental. And he just popped his head up and went. It was good that, weren't it? It was like do it again. I was like, no, 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 not in, not in a million years. Well, and he was out. Before, he so was just, out. He was out before you moved his arm over. Yeah, so I had locked. Um, he was a big guy. So when I've locked it up, I've locked it up at pretty much my full extension, which must have just been tight. And yeah. as I as I've popped my chest up to clear his arm, pull his head down. As I've cleared his arm and gone to pull his head, he's just kind of like just felt just slow. I was like, yeah. I waited for it like a second without squeezing just had it locked up and then i let go and it was just like his head fell on me and i was like shit but it was only about five seconds later he just popped his head up looked at me and it was good that and i was like uh <laughs> no <it weren't. laughs> i don't want to do that again so I just from then on i just if i get someone in, a, in an arm bar or if i got someone in a, anything i could break i would just literally just do it and i would the tiniest lever back and if, mm. it, if they're trying to ego out of it i just let go i was like and in, if they're really trying to ego out of it and I, I get to a point where I could break their arm or I could seriously cause some damage, I'll 
let go and then I'll tell them. I'll like, I'll ask them what the problem is. Yeah. So like you have in a in a fight situation, you don't do that. They're the breaking your arm. In a in a street situation, if you don't if someone gets you in an arm bar, they're just gonna pop you they're just gonna pop your elbow straight out. They're not gonna wait and yeah. let you roll around for a bit. They're just gonna pull your arm back and snap it. I was like, I'm giving you time whilst I'm pulling back to just, know that you've been tap. beat. Yeah. Just tap. And I always tap. I find the best the only way you learn is by tapping. The only mm. thing you learn by trying to match you out of it is how, how to get yourself injured quick. Mm. And a lot, yeah. uh, but you'll you'll be surprised how many people that do MMA got some form of ego that they just don't. They may, maybe like I've been doing it three years. You've only been doing it two. I'm not tapping to you. I I was doing it for six years, and I'd be going against like my training partners. They've only been doing it two, and they were getting better and better and better. Then one day I'm I'm having an off day. I shoot a takedown. They wrap a guillotine on me. Pull guard. I know I'm done for. I'll hold out as long as I can physically hold out for to see if they let go. But mm. ultimately, I'm never going to go to sleep. I'm always going to tap because they don't learn anything by me going to sleep and I don't learn anything by me going to sleep. So mm. I just find the best way. Just tap and think about it and get on with it. Yeah, no, I think because people always see like jujitsu is like, oh, that's horrible. Like people get their arms snapped and knocked out and stuff and, you know, they're passing out. But the only way that ever happens is from ego. Like it's, it's never the other, like, like in um, boxing or Taekwondo or something like you'll take a kick to the head or a punch to the head or something. And there's nothing you can do. Like that's the game. You, you, you'll, you'll take it. You'll yeah. get like a, you know, there's, there's um, documentaries about like um, brain injuries and stuff, just constantly, you know, getting hit in the head and stuff. Um, I don't know too much about it. So I'm not going to talk about it, but, um, but people see like, getting choked out as worse than that but the only thing that causes you to actually like pass out is your own ego like you you yeah. have the ability to tap at any point even even yeah. if they literally just get you into that position and you tap straight away like before they even apply pressure you you've done the, the way i think of it is if you get into that position in the first place if they're on your back and they've got you in a choke you've lost it, yeah. it's game over already there's no uh, there's the fight's done like there's no other there's nothing else that can kill. happen. Yeah. If they wanted to kill you, you're already dead. You're not. Yeah. They, they, so if someone if someone get you get gets you in a rear naked choke, and they're not in a, in a real life situation, then they're not just gonna wrap it up and, and squeeze slowly. They're gonna wrap it up and pull yeah. and just pull as hard as they can until ultimately something in your throat's gonna go before anything else, or you or they're gonna break your neck by pulling. But yeah, so it is a game of kill. So the only thing that can do more damage to you is you. Yeah, you have you literally have the choice and the ability to just stop at any time. That's the same with like locks yeah. as well, like like arm bars yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Like I see people holding on, and and I, I I've had to let go sometimes because I'm like I, I'm not prepared to snap this guy's arm just over like sparring. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah. It's yeah. not it's not worth it. It's not it's not worth it for him. But obviously, in in the heat of the moment, you know, they'll do anything to win. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and you see that in some like professional fights as well. Like when the, there are boxers who are like, you know, out on their feet and then the, the, their coach throws in the towel and they're like, they're ready to keep going. Like I think in, in the situation, cause you can't blame it on people. Cause in the situation you, you don't, you, you don't know like how screwed you really are. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. if you, if you're in like an arm bar, you're like, Oh no, I can get out of it. I can get out of it. But it takes that like 
other person's perspective to realize like no the fight is over and like when a box when a professional boxer's like out on his feet like you need the coach there to like throw in the towel because that's when things get get messy is when you've already lost and you just keep going keep going keep going yeah yeah. um because the the fight of jujitsu happens it, the fight jujitsu doesn't have anything to do with submissions really it has everything to do with getting into those positions essentially yeah, it's, a, the, it's about the, the, yeah. the build up to it it's about the journey to get into those submissions rather than su- the submissions themselves because i think people that's like the um you know that's like the post of jujitsu people are like oh, i want to learn how to like choke people out but it's not it's nothing like that like in my first few weeks i i didn't learn many submissions i i I train there four or five days a week and we, we don't do submissions that often because once you know a few, it's, you know, you, 90% of the time, you're not doing submissions. That, that's just the end. That's just the end of the, the match. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, it's about creating space and, you know, manipulating the other person's body, manipulating your body. Um. Yeah, it's a, th- it's, a th- it's a thinking game as well. Like mm. it's not like wrestling's more like macho. Like I'm bit like you just got to be like pig headed and go for it, and everything's gonna be hundred mile an hour. Don't really think about it, just do. Whereas jujitsu is more like right, I can sit here, I'm safe. Is my head yeah. clear? Is my posture right? If right now I want to start passing, now I need to start thinking about which pass am I gonna do? Am I gonna how am I gonna break the guard? How am I gonna get to side control? It's it's all that thinking. And then once you're comfortable in that position and then your brain goes to, right, now what's on offer for me? Can I, can I make them do something which will then give up a submission? It's not a case of, right, now I'm in this position, so an armbar needs to be here for me. You yeah. need to get in that position and then work your way into it. A lot of people think that now I'm inside control, you've got to let me come over here, armbar you. And mm. it's not. It's all about that build-up and all about that setup. You set traps for people. And a lot of people don't see it. They see the triangle they see like Nate Diaz in UFC triangling someone and he's sat there like that whilst he's got a triangle wrapped up on him and mm. they're like I want to do that but then they don't see the the fact that he's just had to pull the head down wrap their arm make sure they're not punching him then work the way into the triangle not the, he doesn't they don't just fall into his submissions like nobody yeah. just falls in there you've got to know the foundations and basics first of all for you not getting submitted so defense and second of all how you set things up yeah, and that, that, that's what I find so interesting about watching like more experienced people at, at my own gym is like when they know all the moves, it's not it's not about who can do the best triangle or the best armbar. It's about it's a chess game, effectively. It's about like I'm 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 moving this way, I'm gonna force you to do this, and it's it is totally mental. once you get to a certain level, it's totally mental. Like for me, I'm I'm a big guy, like I'm 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 100 kilos. I'm six three. So there, there aren't a lot of people that are like that. That big guy. There aren't a lot of people that like. <laughs> I, there aren't a lot of bigger people that I've like sparred with. So at the moment, I've sort of had the luxury of being able to just out strength everyone. You know, like just, just brute yeah. force it. But once you get to like, I, I've had a few like playing around spars with like some brown belts and some black belts and stuff. Just just <laughs> yeah. just as like a bit of fun, and it's just a <laughs> yeah. totally different level. Like. Um, and that, that's where it gets into that like chess chess game like um sport i think definitely there there are all the questions i have for you unlimited anthony um is there any you got any closing remarks where can they uh 
where can the listeners find you they can find me on youtube most importantly unlimited anthony if you want to follow me on twitter and instagram go on to any one of my videos and you'll find the links in the descriptions but yeah ultimately find me on youtube that's where i post every single tuesday and every single friday at seven o'clock so yeah if you want to watch some just average guy content if you will just enough there's no millions of pounds going into anything i'm not building a house i'm not buying a lamborghini i'm just living my life and doing normal things yeah you can follow me who are those guys that that there are those two old um, old guys you've been reacting to. What? Who are they? <laughs> that, that's Pete and Baz. They're two grime drill artists, and um, I'm gonna go and watch them live this year as well. So, oh really? Got, I do react. Yeah, I react to their stuff. Like what? I've reacted to like six of the things, and every time I react to them, I just it blows my mind. Just like if I'm, I want to be 73, and I want to be doing that. If I'm not doing that at 73, I'm not doing it right. Mm. They're living. No, crazy. No, I, I do, do, do they make it themselves, or do you know, or is it is it like someone behind, like someone younger behind them? Because that's crazy. I'm pretty that's, sure. Yeah, they, they every interview I've watched and listened to, they say they do it all themselves. So I'm gonna guess they they seem to they seem to be in full control of everything. So I mean, yeah, but just even the stuff they write, they write really clever stuff. Like people, like I always message it to my brother. My brother's like, oh, get away with that. Get away with that. I'm not listening to that. I'm not listening to that. But yeah. like, when you actually sit there and listen to it, there's so, some of the lyrics you're like, they blow my mind because even though they're 73, they're still in with the times. They can still, they still reference stuff that's happening now. And yeah. I think a lot of people misunderstand that they go, oh, they're just like, they're a gimmick and they're not taking it seriously. Or they're just like, someone's ghostwriting from them. They're just saying it and they're not very good. But the, the, the delivery is good. The videos are good. The lyrics are good, and them two as personalities are very, very witty, and they come mm. across well. So I, I enjoy them, and they're good. Yeah, I was, I was, I was watching your most recent um reaction to them. So I, I, I only found out about them from you. So and it's funny as hell. Like I did, <laughs> yeah. They, they, it's, it's some good stuff. They're like um British like 90 year old pop smoke that's the only thing i can like because yeah, yeah. one of the guy's voice is so husky as well you know yeah, yeah. He's so like, you know so <laughs> that's yeah. that so cringe <laughs> no that's exactly what he sounds like, like that's exactly what he sounds like. yeah <laughs> yeah anyway uh, yeah pete and baz yeah pete and baz um so yeah as he, as he said unlimited anthony on the youtube and he has always links on there um and for the listeners that have stuck around this long thanks um thanks for listening thanks for watching and i'll see you again next time cheers